Hi gang, this is Aoife. Hey everyone, this is Kira. We are just doing a quick little admin bit before we get into the podcast proper. We've been doing the social media thing. So if you've been listening to us but don't follow us on social media, you can now follow us everywhere. So we're on Instagram, we're on Goodreads, we're on Twitter. You can find us with at foreveryapods. Pretty much everywhere, yeah. We were very good on our branding. You can even email us at foreveryapod at gmail.com if you would like to contact us. And we are also now available on iTunes, so you should definitely go leave us a five star if you think we're five star, four star if you think we're that. If you think we're anything else, go away. Um, and also maybe leave a quick comment saying how much you love us because that does weird things to the algorithm and makes all your friends know about us. If you really, really hate us, you should write a review that says you hate us, but you should also give it five stars because <laughs> we don't pay attention to haters here. So you have to like be a wolf in sheep's clothing and that will really get us. That will really upset us. If you really want to upset us with money, you can give us money. And that is very upsetting at Patreon. We have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Where you can, there are multiple tiers. So you can uh, give us money just because you love us. You can also... Or hate us. And you can also sign up for cool bonus content like 90% of this ad that I just cut. Uh, for real though, if you sign up... Because I cut all my curses out of every podcast. So you might get... Patrons? Patrons, are you listening to me? People who would be patrons, okay. We take turns editing these. So... I edit the ones where I read the books and Kira edits the one where Kira reads the books and Kira makes me cut all of her swearing out. <laughs> if we get 20 patrons, I will, from this point onwards, I'm going to do this anyway. If we get 20 patrons, I am going to take all of the times Kira has sworn, which I have cut out of the podcast, and make them into one clip and make them available to our 20 patrons once we have 20 people signed up. Tell your friends. Do you want to hear a librarian say fuck? This is your chance. What are our other tiers? I believe we have a tier for suggesting books. Uh, yeah, if you give 10 euro or more, you can suggest a book. Okay. You can and also suggest a book in other places, but for money, we will definitely do it. Yeah, when we will 100% read your book if you give us money to do it. On the topic of requested books, this pod is our first ever reader request. We are also doing reader requests for all of Pride Month, where we will be focusing on LGBT fiction. We put up a poll on Twitter and... As a result, I will be doing Dead Not by April Daniels. And I will be doing Stir Fry by Emma Donahue. So that's another great reason to follow us on social media. You'll get more input into the decisions we make. And you'll also know in advance what books we're doing if you want to read along with us. So that's that for now and enjoy the rest of the pod. Forever Young Adults At the podcast where we review books Hello and welcome to our newest episode of Forever Young Adult A book podcast where we review young adult fiction From the past, present and future because young adult fiction is forever.
That was so good. We're so in sync. We're very good at this. We didn't even practice that back and forth. I mean, we didn't. Like, the way you're saying that makes it sound like we had 20 minutes of practice that I edited out, but there isn't. My name's Aoife. My name's Kira. And I'm the one who read a book this week. It is our first listener request. It is a request from Leighton, who is at Leighton is Queer on Twitter. That's a good app. It's a good app. <laughs> this book was recommended to me by Leighton which is the main reason that I'm reading it. They recommended it to me because we were discussing vampire literature and monster boyfriend literature. And they mentioned this as like a very good, fun, supernaturally book. And you're looking at me with absolute disgust. I'm not that into supernatural books. Better or worse than like Regency fiction. So much better. (laughs) So much better. Okay. So this is, I don't know if this is technically a YA book or not. It's recommended on the back for 11 pluses, but our protagonist is 16. I got it from the library and it's marked as juniors and YA. So it is by Tamara Summers. Does this book have a name? Because you haven't said it yet. It's called Never Bite a Boy on the First Date. It is by Tamara Summers. Tamara Summers is a pen name. It is. I was just going to get into that. Tamara Summers is one of the many pen names of... Tui Sutherland, Mm. who is an author who has written over 40 YA and children's books. She uses the pen name Tamara Summers for what she describes as romantic beach reads for teens. That's amazing. Uh, She's called Tui because her her mother's from New Zealand and Tui is a bird, a type of bird from New Zealand. She was born in Venezuela, grew up around... The entire continents of North and South America before settling in New Jersey, USA. That's a good place as any to settle. Anyway, uh, in the present tense, uh, Tui lives in Boston with her husband and two children. And yeah, she writes under many pen names. She's written like, I think New York Times, like definitely not, if not the top of the bestseller list, but really up there, like fantasy and dragon fiction. Like she's also written um, Pirates of the Caribbean official spin-off books that's amazing yeah she's a member of the Aaron Hunter team who are yeah so Aaron Hunter books are um about these feral cats that have like clans and wars and they're actually really cool yeah big big fan of the Aaron Hunter series so like Aaron Hunter is a pen name shared by people who just write for that series so she's among these people yeah she's she's a writer uh she's big big into it it's her whole thing uh, she wrote this book in 2009, which is an interesting stage in the history of vampire literature Fiction. because it's still riding a high wave, but it's still self-conscious about the existence of Twilight, which came out in 2005 and is, of course, a, a YA supernatural romance written by Stephanie Mayer. So this book is interesting because the vampires reference things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and they reference Bram Stoker but they do not reference Twilight even one time. I am glass. Yeah. (laughs) Because then we would have to talk about it and that's a different podcast that you host. (laughs) That's author talk pretty much. Do you have any thoughts and comments before I get into it? Uh, No. I enjoy that that she's like I write under Tamara Summers for Beach Reads Mm. because her name is Summers. That's good. Yeah, it's very anyway, good. Anyway, continue. I've got bad news. Oh no. The protagonist of this book is called Kira. But that's my name. Yeah, that's your name. 
She spells it going to be real annoying. She spells it K I or A. Did you take this reader suggestion as revenge because I made a character, I had a character last week who dated a boy with your name? Well, no, because I quite liked goth Aoife. And I think you'll quite like vampire Kira. Oh, oh, wait, she's the vampire? She's the vampire. Back on board. Back on board. Hell yeah. So this book opens with Kira saying there's a murder in my school and this time it isn't me so i'm kind of ticked off so basically the book opens with her rocking up to school and you kind of it's like a cold open like you don't really know much context and she's uh, got a dude called zach in the car with her and she's got a woman called olympia and they're like oh my god there's a dead body and she's immediately like it wasn't me and olympia's like kira we've talked about this and she's like it's not me it wasn't me i didn't do it you can't blame me for every murder that happens. Yeah, she's like, it's so unfair that you immediately jump down my throat and presume it's me. Like, it's completely not me. This is so unfair. Was it her, though? Uh, that's the whole plot of this book, is that Kira is the suspected killer of a boy who was in her school. She is a vampire. She lives with Olympia and Wilhelm, who are her vampire quote-unquote parents. They adopted her. She has an older sister, Crystal, and she has a dude called Zach and a dude called Bert, who are also part of the family. She's one of the youngest vampires. She's got a a bit of a bad history of biting people when she isn't meant to. So for that reason, there's immediate suspicion on her. But she's like, it completely was not me. And so they're like, you have one week to figure out who did this. If you don't solve it, like you'll basically be grounded for a century, which means like she'll be locked in a coffin and fed through a straw until they can prove that she can like have self-control not to like expose the entire vampire population you're be so grounded you'll be so punished for this and so she has to find out um who did the murder and her three main suspects are three cute boys <laughs> i have so many questions go on and so much love for this book already I got this book for you from the libraries, so I read the blurb. Yeah. It was not, it did not sound that cool. Because mm. So we got this recommendation, and I was like, Aoife, this is one for you, it's supernatural, it mm-hmm. doesn't, mm, whatever. Mm. And now I'm like, oh dang, I should have done this one. <laughs> it was very good, very, very much Kira's head as she tries to figure out who's the killer and tries not to get distracted by cute boys but you know maybe if she dates the cute boys she'll get more information on the killer but she also only has a week she has a week exactly so she goes on like multiple dates with these three boys over the course of a week yes i love it um i have some logistical questions okay she has been adopted by these two vampire parents Mm -hmm. how does aging work in this vampiric world okay So Kira was turned into a vampire at age 16, um, which was about 18 months ago. Okay. She's going to be physically 16 forever, which really annoys her because she's like, well, I was kind of hoping I'd get a growth spurt in senior year, but that's clearly not going to happen. But, you know, so her body is frozen in time. Her body is frozen in time. The physiology of the vampires in this is they just don't change. I think her hair grows and stuff. In fact, 
a good piece of vampire lore in this is that they don't show up in mirrors. Mm-hmm. So their her vampire mother, Olympia, is like, we should all be dyeing our hair regularly so that like if someone just kind of glances us out the corner of their eye in a mirror, they'll just see like clothes and dyed hair floating by and they probably won't register the fact that there wasn't like a, a face. face. Yeah. So she's like, okay, we're all going to try go for something like subtle. We're just going to have like a nice blending in hair. And so Kira dyes hers green. I love Kira. Yeah. I'm going to say this a lot yeah. over the pod. Um, so they can't be seen in mirrors. They, Historically, they can't be seen in mirrors because mirrors used to be silver backed. And silver is bad for them. And yeah. silver is a bad thing. But this is just going across the board mirrors. Yeah. Reflective no, services. They can't be seen in kettles. No. There's no mention of silver and any aversion to silver. There's no mention of photography and whether they show up in photography. Uh, she, They can go out. In the sun, it's like they have an allergy to it. They have like a super powerful sunscreen they wear. And like at one point, Kira goes on a hiking date and like has to take the next day off school to recover because she is like a migraine. Cool. And other than that, some vampires have special powers. Oh, Twilight esque. Which tend to develop after like a long, long time of being a vampire. Oh, you're not just like. I have been blooded and now I am innately good at gift. Sometimes you can just have a natural aptitude that kind of fountains up straight away. Like uh, her adoptive father, Wilhelm, who's one of the oldest vampires. He's like, he's like seven or 800 years old. And his, his wife, Olympia, also is very old at like seven or 800 as well. Uh, he could turn into a bat like straight away. As soon as you turn into a vampire, usually you have to be a vampire for like a thousand years before you develop these skills. So some vampires can like fly, some can like mesmerize people or read minds. He's the oldest at 700 and you need to be a vampire for a thousand years. Sometimes you just are naturally good at one of these gifts. Usually you're not, but like the older and more powerful vampires are better at these gifts always. But sometimes someone straight up from being turned is really good at like one specific vampire ability so is kira good at any vampire abilities no she's got super speed and stuff on her side she's like gym class is so much more fun now now i'm not tired by anything but she's she doesn't have any like particularly special abilities how do they feed if she has messed up and killed a person previously Mm. um and the others don't and they're like if you have murdered this boy, we will lock you in a coffin with a straw. Mm-hmm. How do they normally feed? I have so <laughs> many logistical questions. There's so always. many logistical questions. I'm so willing to talk about all of this with you. They get blood from, they just buy it. They bulk buy it. It tastes really gross. Kira was a vegetarian before she was turned. And she's like, I was only a vegetarian for like four months, but all the same, I had to go from like, maybe fish should have rights and we'll be nice to chickens to yum, yum, blood time. How did she get turned? She was in a hit and run. Okay. And she was turned by Olympia and Crystal, her sister and mother, because they kind of found her bleeding out. And they were like, do you want to die? We can we can save you if you'd like not to die, but it might be difficult. And she was like, yes, I'll take this opportunity. And... So Crystal is like a vampire sister. Yeah. So what happened to her bio birth family? When you turn into a vampire, you are a corpse for a few days. So she was killed in a hit and run. They did like 
burial and mourned her and, and then she, she crawled out of her grave and they had to move town because she would have been recognized. Kira is originally from Michigan in a place called Ann Arbor. So she was a junior in high school. She got killed. Uh, the vampires adopted her and they moved to Georgia in the southern USA. There is a lot of sun in Georgia. I'm yeah. glad they have that good sun cream. Yeah, they've got good sun cream. They're also like naturally nocturnal. And the, the longer you are a vampire, the more you want to avoid the sun and like be underground and stuff. So like Olympia and Wilhelm like sleep in coffins in the basement. And then Crystal and her husband Bert just like sleep on a hard mattress on the ground floor. And then... Kira and Zach are like the only people who like want the upstairs of the house and Kira's like I love to have a hundred pillows and the most blankets and I cannot see myself ever wanting to sleep in a crypt. So there's an Irish vampire series called The Saga of Darren Shan mm-hmm. authored by Darren Shan. Yeah. And and in that when you become a vampire you actually only become like half a vampire. There's mm-hmm. like a dual s- step involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're a half vampire, you can do all the human things and you continue to age, but like super slowly. Mm-hmm. And then when you're a full vampire, you're like, I reject all humanness. And then that you can walk around in the sunshine. And again, like as you progress more vampire, more vampire, yeah. um, you become more of a traditional vampire. Yeah. Some context for why Kira's poor family are like, you did this. So she's from Michigan. They moved to Georgia. She has to start junior year over again. And there is a boy in her class who is really annoying. Like he's in the way of her locker and she's like, you're in my way. And he's like, oh yeah, why are you going to do about it? And she's like, I'm strong now. I don't need to be afraid of boys or my reputation. I'm just going to be angry and I'm powerful. And she like, pushes him into a janitor's closet and locks him there and goes to chemistry. And <laughs> then does she, he die? And then she comes back a class later and he's like, I knew you'd come back for me. And she's like, shut up. And she kisses him. <laughs> and they like date for a few months, like three months in. She's like, oh my God, we're going to be in love forever. It's so perfect and beautiful. It's so great. I have to keep only making out with him in really dark places because if I get too close to that heartbeat, my fangs do start to come out, but it's fine. I'm on top of it. It's fine. And she was not on top of it. Until a month later, he sees her fangs slide out a little bit in a makeout session. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, no, nothing, nothing. But he like pesters her about it. And he's immediately like, make me a vampire. We'll be in love forever. We'll be so perfect and in love forever. It's going to be so good. And she's like, even then I knew this was kind of a not normal reaction and wasn't super on board for it. But he was like really persistent. And so she made him a vampire, but she did it wrong and he died. So a few months later, they've been going out like six months and he calls her on the phone and she's like, what is it? I'm dying my hair. And he's like, I'm dying. She's like, oh my God, you too? What color? (laughs) (laughs) what was he and he's like no i'm dying what was he dying from and she runs to his house and he 
Oh, actually, this is probably a thing I should have worn for a little bit of. This is a vampire story. So there's blood and stuff. He, he cut himself in the hopes of collecting his blood in a, in a little cup to write a note to her in his blood. And then he was like, but the blood kept coming. So I was like, I will save a glass of it for her to drink. And she's like, this is so fucking gross, dude. Why would I want to do that? And he's like, but it's too late now. I'm going to die. You must turn me. And she's like, I don't want to. And he's like, you're going to let me die? And she's like, fine. And she turns him into a vampire. And that boy was Zach. Who now lives with her and has to pass as her brother. Because the relationship did not last. He tried to get to second base with her while they were driving from Georgia to Massachusetts and she flung him out the sunroof <laughs> and they had to go back two miles to collect him from the bush. This is a podcast, so it's a it's an audio experience, but I am just staring very hard at Etha in disbelief. Okay, because I was wondering what that stare was. I'm like, is there something I can say to make this better for you? <laughs> That's... Okay, so that boy... So her her boyfriend from her first move yeah. was Zach. Yeah. And he essentially tried to do something romantic, but with ulterior motives. Yeah. And committed suicide in order to become a vampire yeah and his family now think he's dead yeah and they had to move again yeah and okay okay and they broke up immediately afterwards because they are teenagers and that's a thing that teenagers do quite a lot Mm mm-hmm very cool. Here yeah. for it. So that's how we start the book. That's how we start the book. So now they're in a new school. She's just had to start over junior year again. She's like a month in. It's October. And will she not just have to do junior year forever? No, because she's she does reference that, which is kind of a sneaky Twilight reference, but they don't make it explicit where she's like, if I have to go through high school again for the rest of my life, I would, I'm going to scream like i'm not doing that but she just needs to get the certificate this one time okay you know there's fully grown adult human beings around there who look 16 yeah like there are people who a friend of hers very recently got on a bus and was asked if they wanted a child's ticket despite the fact she's 23 and and like piercing yeah and is doing uh and is and is finishing her master's degree yeah yeah so what happens? And she's like, it's going to be, it's going to suck to like be stuck physically 16 forever. But like, I think I'm still maturing mentally. Like I still, I already feel way more grown up than I was before. So this is the scene set. Do you want to get into our suspects? Yes. I want to hear about these boys that she is dating and going hiking with and hopefully not turning into vampires. So first off, the morning when they're at the school and Olympia's like, okay, we're just going to kind of see what the cops are doing about this body that is on the floor in front of the school, by the way. Like it's being flung from a third story window Mm -hmm. and there's blood everywhere. They're superior vampire site. They can see the puncture marks in there. 
Ah. Like someone was trying to... And that's why it's not just a regular murder. It's a vampire murder. Yeah. If it was a vampire, they clearly got interrupted because like... No one, no self-respecting vampire would leave blood everywhere. Exactly, yeah. So the first suspect is Milo. And the morning in the scene, when they're in the car, uh, Milo just catches Kira's eye and she's like, ooh, he looks dreamy. He looks really nice. He's here early because he looks like he's on the swim team, maybe. Uh, she's like, he looks like he's part Japanese like I am, but he's half something else as well. <laughs> because his hair is really curly, so I think he seems Polynesian or Hawaiian or something. He looks like he should be starring in a movie about surfing. That's... And vivid description of a teenage boy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. and he's wearing one of those cool surfer necklaces, she says, with all does the it little have beads a, on does it. Does it have a little shark? I think shark so. Tooth. It has a little patterned, like, medallion, I think. But he has, like, little red beads on it as well. And so she notices him immediately, and she's like, ooh, Mr. Smiley, hello, sunshine boy. And Olympia immediately points at another boy and, like, him, he looks suspicious. And she's like, what? I guess he's kind of cute as well. And this... they, they can only be murderers if they are cute. <laughs> yeah. And he's called Rowan and he's tall and thin and pale. Like a tree. He has a voice like if Moss could talk. So... He's aptly named. <laughs> yeah. And so he's this like real emo looking goth kid who's at the scene of the crime. And he's like talking to one of the police officers who seems to be his dad where he's like, Rowan, you shouldn't be here. Go home. Like, you know you shouldn't be here. So it's like, is this boy a vampire? Is his mm. dad a vampire? Why is why should he not be here? What's that? Suspicious. And so they have to go home because school is clearly cancelled for the day. And because they're naturally nocturnal, Kira's like, hell yeah, I'm going to research. And she falls asleep. I'm going to research what happened here. Oh, no, wait, nap time. It's like what you do. This is, I am identifying so strong with this girl, I've got to say. So then it's like midnight and she wakes up and she's like, okay, I'm going to go investigate the crime scene. So she runs to the school, which she can do really easily. And she climbs a tree near the window and she like, there's a tarp securing where the window had been shattered. She goes in, she investigates the crime scene and she finds like... There's just lots of little bits where she's like, is this a clue? Is this a clue? And then there's a dude behind her. Where she did it. She's like, I can smell something. What can I smell? Something is, I can smell something. Is this a vampire? I can smell a person or something. And the smell's getting stronger. Like it's getting closer. And she turns around and there's a guy like silhouetted against, silhouetted, I say in a fun voice. There's a guy silhouetted against like an open doorway. And she's just like, what the fuck? And he's like, hi. So for me, personally, he is suspect number one. His shirt is fully open, though, so she's distracted. <laughs> does she have 16-year-old hormones forever? I don't know. She certainly does right now. <laughs> and she's like, he looks like Will Smith. He speaks so posh and nice. And he says that he's starting school tomorrow here. And he's just here to, like, scope out the place. And isn't it weird about the murder? And she's like, how did you get in? And he's like, oh, the lock in the boys' bathroom is busted. Isn't that how you got in? And she's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got in through a totally normal human way. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I have, like, a task tomorrow. So I'm here getting my uh, Macbeth book. 
gotta go. But you didn't get your Macbeth book. Gotta go. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh, you know, that book's so full of mur- murmuring about things. <laughs> what is his name, Silhouette Boy? Okay, Silhouette Boy is called Daniel. So we've got Milo, Rowan, and Daniel. Yeah. And she has to... Oh, also, she finds a bead at the scene of the crime. Oh, that would... That would, that would suggest Milo. Yeah, a little red bead. And, you know, there's lots of suspicious evidence about everyone. So on, you know, this is Wednesday. There's a week. She has to figure it out. So Thursday, she gets Crystal to do her makeup. She drinks blood, like, just in a glass. She has to drink about two glasses a day. And a lot of the other vampires drink it in very funny ways, where it's like, Crystal is having, like tomato and blood omelets and like Bert is pouring blood on his cornflakes and Kira's like you guys are so gross and she's like I will hold my nose and just chug this as much as I can does it not taste good to them do Uh, they still need to eat human food cold yes okay cold nasty blood pig blood no uh the implication is that if you eat human blood you only need to eat it like once a month or so, but like they have to drink like two glasses of this animal blood a day to oh, kind okay. of get by. So she when you in- okay, so when you said they buy it in bulk earlier, I assumed they were buying human blood. No, but buying pig blood makes much more sense, especially in terms of like the black market for blood. It's really fun though because. Well, it's not really fun. One of the vampires is explicitly Jewish. And I'm like, I want to know how he feels about this. Oh. He's, drink- he's he get, drinking he pig blood. Cow blood? Not the whole point of kosher, but a huge part of kosher is also that the blood is properly drained from the meat. So you're yeah. not drinking any blood. That is true. They oh. reference, like, in terms of the weaknesses of vampires, Wilhelm, her, like, is super old dad, really freaks out when he sees a cross. But, like... Zach and Kira don't have much reaction to Cross and she's like I must try like throwing a star of David at Bert one day (laughs) maybe just to see how that works okay that's interesting that is interesting yeah it's only if it mattered to you when you were alive then it will it have power over you or maybe they'll age into it maybe yeah so she goes into school she's immediately like I need to scope out these boys and so she sits down beside Rowan at like the memorial they're having about poor Tex, by the way, the guy. His who name died. is Tex. His name is Tex. He was one of the jocks. He was a senior, like Zach is, and like Rowan was. I don't want to alienate any listeners, but he deserved to die. Yeah, his name is Tex. That's it enough. Seems, it seems like he was a really harmless dude. I don't like it. It could be short for something, but I don't know what. Texas. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex says Christina from the corner. <laughs> so she's, they're having a memorial and she can't see Milo or Daniel, but she sees Rowan in the top corner and her like one friend from school is taking the rest of the week off because she is so emotionally distraught by this boy who she did not know at all dying that she's granted to get half a week off school. Question. Yeah. Is she just looking for a week off school? Or is that suspicious behavior? Who knows? You know, you've read the book. Yes, true. But I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Sounds like suspicious behavior. So basically, uh, 
basically Kira has no one to sit with at this big like assembly so, oh, so she, she has to so sit she's with like, a cute boy I might as well start my investigations here and she sits with Rowan and it's just so much more of this is he goth or is he a vampire <laughs> because <laughs> I'm sorry but all goths are vampires it's known basically she's I'm trying to find it now they, they like pass notes back and forth during the assembly where she's like oh my god it's so weird about text like did you know him and he's like no not really she's like but it's so freaky right and he's like yeah death is weird it's really nice to be able to talk to someone about it because people think you're just a psychopath if you talk about death and she's like oh no no i totally get it like death is cool or whatever okay so she doesn't actually like would she date this boy if she wasn't investigating him for murder? See, her whole thing with him is she's like, oh, Rowan's so cute, but he keeps saying these things where I'm like, hmm, this is why girls aren't all over you. <laughs> so he'll be like, I wrote a poem about seeing Tex's body. And she's like, oh, what's it called? And he writes, blood in all caps letters. <laughs> and she's like, that's distressing. I like, hope that he stops being like that and she's like oh my god that's so interesting and he's like you know i only just moved here as well and she's like oh my god from where he's like oh california and she's like where and he's like san francisco (laughs) um when assembly finally ends and like they stand up to leave and he turns to look at her he like jumps a mile the moment he sees her and she's like is he like this freaked out by talking to a cute girl (laughs) also i just i'm enjoying her confidence Oh my god, 16-year-old Kira, me, would never have been able to date three boys in one week. It's all part of the investigation. Yeah. These are all tax (laughs) write-offs. She can write off all these dates. Um, So, Daniel, the new boy, is in, like, one of her classes, and she sits down and she talks to him, and she figures out he's in every single one of her classes. And, of course, we've got two boys now, so the third boy... She needs to engineer a meet cute. Mm. So he's on the swim team and she uses her super hearing to eavesdrop on him as school is ending. And he's like, nah, lads, I'm going to go swim a few laps. And all the rest of the swim team are like really, really sad because Tex has just died and he was their friend and was on the team for a while. And so she's at the pool and she like stands at the very edge of the pool so that when he comes out of the boys locker room, in just his trunks, she turns dramatically, is quote unquote so shocked to see a person there that she falls into the pool and he has to rescue her. Never in my life have I known a more dramatic teen. Yeah, and she's like, fuck, this is way colder than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, but they get chatting and like he offers her a t-shirt to change into and then they get some ice cream and there's an elderly couple at the ice cream shop and Milo's like you're not like other girls you're so lovely and he looks over at the like 80 year old couple and he's like that could be us in in 50 years <laughs> wow <laughs> he needs to improve his flirting game <laughs> but maybe he's also secretly a vampire and being like, we could be that elderly couple is his sneaky way of finding out if she's also a vampire and implying, because he's like, I never age, does she age? I must find out if she thinks she'll age in this sneaky way. She's like, like, even if he's human, I guess we could make it work, but I sure hope he isn't a murderer and it would be kind of great if he was a vampire. So she's like this with all of them. 
I love how the boy that she made into a vampire is just like sitting at home being like, I have to pretend to be her brother. Yeah. Does he still have, does he still have feelings for her? Yeah. He keeps making like sultry eyes at her and she's like, Zach, what are you doing? Don't be ridiculous. Why would I crush on you? And like her friend in school, Viz, like really likes Zach and thinks he's really cute. And Kira is like, ew, no, why would you be into him? And Viv is like, you just think that because he's your brother, like adopted or otherwise, he's your brother. And she's like, Liv, like, please listen to me. <laughs> I, I need you to understand he is not good boyfriend material. So yeah, like we're a few days in and the, she on Friday, she gets official dates with all of them for okay. over her weekend. So she comes in dressed in yellow and that's one downside of this book is they talk so much about her outfits and she's like, I was wearing a yellow dress and sunflower earrings and little yellow clips in my hair. So she was really into yellow that day. She's very into fashion, but she comes in and she like kisses Daniel on the cheek in the hall and he like crowds her into a corner and they have a passionate kiss and he's like, we should go on a date on Saturday. Wait though. I have a logistics question yeah. again. When she was dating human Zach, she knew about his heartbeat when they were making out. Yeah. And she just made out with this boy, but she doesn't know about his heartbeat. She's distracted. Continue. <laughs> yeah. That's justification enough. Yeah. And then on lunchtime, she finds Rowan on the basement steps. Down the steps at the very bottom of the basement. And the longer school. you've been a vampire... The more you like to be under the ground. Yeah. Ooh. And he's like in the mouldering dark and like with his cobwebs and pipes. And she's like, this place is cool. And he's like, I know it's great. Sometimes I sneak in here at night to take photographs in the darkness. <laughs> and she's like, okay. That's a completely <laughs> normal thing to do. Let's, uh, want to make out? <laughs> and he shows her some of her his photography. She like scrolls through and it's like cobwebs, pipes, lots of pipes, the darkness, a dead body. He has a, he's a picture of Tex's dead body with the blood pouring out of it. And she's like, from this angle, I can see that this was before the police cordon. And she's like, wow, were you the one who found him? Did you call the cops? And he's like, don't trust cops. Cops are bad. Isn't his dad a cop? Yeah, but she has to pretend not to know this. Okay. And she's like, you know what? I used to think these kind of views were very extreme, but then ever since I died, I've been, every time I see a cop, like, handing out a parking ticket, I'm like, don't you have a dead girl somewhere to try save? Or, and so she's like, okay, so you found a dead body, took pictures of it and didn't call the police. And he's like, look at this as well. I have, I have Tex's phone. (laughs) Yeah. No. And she's like, what if I come over to your house later and you can show me some of your poetry? <laughs> I dislike this one. Yeah. I don't like this boy. <laughs> and like she, d- like, okay, so um, for the rest of the school day, like she sets up a date with Milo for Sunday as well because he has a swimming meet on Saturday. She goes over to Rome's house that evening for a date and his dad answers the door and is like, you're here to see Rowan? And she's here in her sunshine dress with her sunflower earrings, with her butterfly hair clips. And she's like, yes. Opposites attract. Why are you judging? <laughs> and he's like, the kid's troubled. You know, if he tells you crazy things, you don't have to listen to him. It's fine. 
If you see pictures of dead bodies on his phone, it's part of a larger artwork project that we've been working on together. It has nothing to do with, um, the a dead, dead body. <laughs> so, uh, so Rowan's like, oh my god, stop embarrassing me, dad. And, like, he brings her up to his bedroom and they, like, sit on his bed and he's like, look at my poem and it's, like, really bad. It's just re- written in red ink and it's about how, like, the blood is warm and dark and, and and red and vibrant and alive. I'm kind of glad that it's written in red ink, though, because we've already had a boy in this book try to write with his own blood. Yeah. And he has three windows in his bedroom and two of them are, like, completely taped shut. And she's like, is he, like, trying to keep the sunlight out? And the mirror in the hall that they passed on the way up was, like, covered with a sheet. And she's like, why Why don't you have mirrors? And he's like, I don't want to look at myself. Because <laughs> I'm a dramatic teenager. And she's just thinking, like, okay, or you don't have a reflection. reflection. Ooh. And no one thought you the dyeing your hair trick. Yeah. So he's he tries to kiss her, and it's, like, a really bad kiss. <laughs> And she's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go. If the kiss was so bad, it wasn't distracting. Does she then hear his heartbeat? She doesn't. God damn. She's not very good at this. I mean, she's made out with Zach plenty of times. And she's also gotten a little bit more control now that her fangs don't immediately come out. Fair enough. And she's like kissing a random boy. So she's not in hunger mode. But yeah, she's like, listen, I'm just gonna go. Um, He had the... He had the blood poem, like, locked in a little, like, box that he had on his desk that he opened with a key from, I think, around his neck. And on her way out, like, his dad leads her out and he's like, you know, just don't listen to him. He's a weird kid. Like, we're trying... He's (laughs) troubled. We're working on it. And she notices that, like, the mirror in the main living area... Yeah. ...is also covered with a sheet. Um... So, yeah. The house is being painted. She no longer wants to kiss Rowan, so that's one down. (laughs) One down. And if she she doesn't want to kiss them, then clearly they're not the murderer. She does. She has a really nice date with Milo, and she's like, I don't think a boy that nice could be a murderer. He baked muffins. Okay, tell me Um, about Saturday. So, Saturday at 7pm, there's going to be a memorial that everyone in town is invited to to commemorate Tex where they're like planting a tree and his parents are going to be out and she's like oh so everyone in the town is invited to his house so she has a vampire's permission to go in and everyone's going to be out so she's like I'm going to go to his house at seven then and investigate yeah because I have an hour and a half I'm going to get dressed for my date in a very well described crushed velvet dark green dress I love it and she goes into his house and she's just like you know it's, it's boring and she finds a she finds a blog entry on his computer. The la- so his, he had a blog which he posted to in the morning and the evening, and it was like just like what I had for breakfast, the workouts I did. But there's a lot. His last published entry was from the morning before he died, and she found one typed up on his computer from that evening. And it says, guys, you're never going to believe what I saw today. Prepare for your minds to be blown. There's a vampire in our town. Seriously, I caught him today. I know. Yeah, me. I saw a vampire. I know you're like, 
Whoa, what? Tex is crazy, but it's true. I saw him in the mirror, or like I didn't see him in the mirror. He was standing right in front of it, but there was nothing there. Total vampire dudes. I bet if I wanted to, I could get him to make me a vampire too, but then Notre Dame might not take me on that football scholarship. Am I right? Haha. <laughs> so what do I do? Do you all want to know who it is? Should I reveal his identity? Post a comment and tell me what you think. Amazing. I enjoy that he thought through the college prospects of yeah. being a vampire. I'm glad that he has like a good grounding yeah. of his future. Um, this does put like pittance to my theory that it's the best friend. Hmm. Okay. This is an interesting development. Yeah. Kira deletes this blog post because it is every vampire's responsibility to keep the secret of vampires safe. And then she hears a very, very quiet sound on the stairs. <gasps> is it footsteps? There's a there's someone coming upstairs. Oh my god. So she goes to hide in the wardrobe and she's like, this was a terrible mistake because I'm trapped in here and also it smells so bad. The, someone steps into the room and she comes out of the wardrobe and she's like, Daniel? And Daniel's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm investigating the murder. And she's like, I'm investigating the murder. How did you get in here? And he's like, Oh, you know, like the, the, the window of the living room was open. Isn't that how you got in here? And she's like, <laughs> yes, that's how I got in here, of course. Please, potentially human boy, explain to me how you got in so that I can say I got in through the same very human methods. Yeah. So notice this is like 8pm and they're scheduled to have a date at 9. So yeah, they go for their date after and she says it's actually we had quite a nice civilized date. We just avoided the topic of murder and like amateur sleuthing. <laughs> it was really nice. And she goes home and she goes to bed. I don't think I've discussed murder or amateur sleuthing on any of my dates. Well, to be fair, you haven't had your first two meetings with any person you've dated be both at crime scenes. That you know this. of. So now it's the weekend, so she's spending a bit more time with, like, her vampire family. Crystal's like, Bert is being so weird, it's so annoying. And Kira's like, he's a tiny nerd man. You turned him into a vampire during the Great Depression because you thought he was the greatest nerd man. And you've been in love for 70 years. Like, he's always like this. And Crystal's like, no, he's being weird. Zach is like, I have a pre-calc test and I, I, I don't want to do it. And... I, I'm gonna fail. I used to get all the cheerleaders to do my homework when I was a beautiful jock, jock boy. Like, you took that from me. And she's like, it's nice when he talks to me and isn't a slime ball because he's a slime ball so much of the time. And she's like, I wish you luck on your test. But like, she goes to bed and then he wakes her up six hours later and is like, there's a boy here for you. And he's not happy about it. When your ex-boyfriend who's pretending to be your brother has to tell you that your new boyfriend date is at the door for you. Yeah. Hashtag relatable. So she... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is this like a Kira's problem that I'm not getting? No, I'm just, I just wanted to make the hashtag relatable joke. <laughs> so she comes downstairs in her pajamas and is like, don't you know what time it is? And he's like, it's almost noon. And she's like, it's barely noon. <laughs> This relationship is not going to work unless you have a bag of pancakes with you. And Milo's like, I do have this bag of muffins I made. And she's like, all is forgiven. We can be together. Yeah. <laughs> so they like uh, discuss what to do. And he, every time he suggests something, she makes a kind of tiny disgusted face. 
because, because she like, doesn't want to go outside yeah in the and sunshine in the sunshine and she wants to be sleeping yeah so eventually he's like oh i don't know we could try hiking or do we hate hiking as well and zach's like oh you'd have better luck getting her to go to a football game and she's like this is so unfair because just because when we were dating i never went to his football games like whatever it's just because it's really cold and i don't like sports and they're so boring and so she's like no yeah i'd love to go hiking and they go hiking and they have this perfect moment where there's like orange leaves falling around them and the seasons are changing and it's beautiful and clear and they're talking about lovely things and they have a lovely kiss and they can see across like a valley and it's beautiful. And she's like, no boy who kisses like that <laughs> could be a murderer. I am just astounded at her logic. <laughs> but then she has to skip school on Monday because she's got such a bad sunshine migraine. And she's like, this really sucks. Also, I have two days to prove that I did not murder this boy. Is her family, like, bugging her about it? Well, basically, Olympia and Wilhelm are like, you did this. Like, you're the only one in our house who doesn't have an alibi for that night. And who who has a, a history of this behavior. Because, like, Zach and Bert were on a blood run to, like, mm-hmm. a few towns over buying blood. And Crystal and Wilhelm and Olympia were all together so they're like what were you doing and she's like I was I was out for a walk in the graveyard you know I love to go for walks in the graveyard they're like okay but you're you're the risky one and you're the one whose behavior isn't accounted for and you did it but like she's like give me a week so okay they're like we'll give you a week but we know you did it so whenever you're ready to admit that you did it it's fine on Monday she sleeps through school and she wakes up to Zach like standing in her bedroom doorway and he's like, you're gonna, you're looking forward to being stuck in a padded coffin forever because you, because you too busy dating boys to figure out like who killed this dude or are you ready to admit that you killed this dude or what's happening? And she's like, Ugh, go away, Zach, you're so annoying. And he's like, you don't even know why we're in this town. And she's like, we're in this town because Olympia wanted a place where you can see the seasons change. And he's like, no, we're in this town because they think you have unresolved issues about your death. And it's important that you like sort that out or you're just going to keep killing random dudes like you have done. Um, why is this town relevant to her death? She's like, what do you mean? And he's like, ugh, talk to Olympia about it. And she's like, I don't want to. She's going to sit me down and have a serious conversation. So instead she boots up Google. (laughs) I love 21st century teens. So she boots up Google and she Googles her name. Her birth name was like Phoebe. They changed their name so that if someone Googles her, they don't see her death. Dead girl. Um, So she's like, I don't recommend Googling yourself if you're the kind of person who's going to get upset about like, all of the really tragic, like, full, like, long things people have written about how they miss you. Or if you're going to get cranky about there not being quite as many really long, sad things about how people miss you. Amazing. But. Beautiful woman. What she finds is a picture from her funeral, which she was, like, dead for. So mm-hmm. she was put in the ground to crawl her way out. Rowan was there. Oh, Rowan was at her funeral? Rowan was at her funeral. Because he's really into dead people yeah but also doesn't he live like he he lived in san francisco yeah so she's like there is something very wrong here so she like goes to rowan's house and she stomps in because he already invited her over once so she can just stomp in whenever and she's like cut the shit what the fuck 
And he's like, what is it? And she's like, I know you did it. You killed her. And he's like, who did I kill? And she's like, you killed Phoebe. Okay. And she realizes the reason he was like really shocked when he saw her at the assembly is because that is the face of the girl he ran over. Yes, it is. And so she, all of this is like coming back to her. She just knew she died in a car accident on her way home from a party. And she kind of like accepted it and didn't investigate it. But she did some Googling and more stuff is coming back to her. And she's like, you promised her you're going to get help. She was bleeding out in the middle of the road. And you promised her you're going to go get help. And then you just ran away. And he didn't bring back help? Nope. She basically tells Rowan like, you have to confess. Because Phoebe's family are out there without any idea what happened to her. You have to give them closure. And she like rips open the box that he had with the blood poem in it. And most of the other pieces of paper in it are just like clippings from her death. Very, very interesting. Yeah, and he he pulls a gun. (laughs) Can a gun kill her? No. Okay. His dad slams open the door and Rowan, being an idiot emo teenager, jumps and pulls the trigger. But Kira jumps at the same time, takes the gun from him, like walks out of the room and like pushes the gun into his dad's hand as she's walking out. I was like, you should deal with this. And do they? And the dad's like, you know, Rowan, we should like stop running away. And oh, blah, because blah, blah. so the dad knew? Yeah. Oh. And she just kind of like leaves and is like, take that death issues, unresolved trauma, resolved. <laughs> take that off the to-do yeah. list. Didn't even have to talk to my therapist. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to go home. Zach's going to be so annoying if I go there. So she like goes over to Milo's house because again he was like you can just come over anytime I'd love to see you I'll make you some more muffins yeah but he's he's just so fucking like dumb really like he's making himself extremely vulnerable because at some point they have a conversation I think when they're on this hike where she's like where is it that you live and he's like you know he rattles off his address and he says and come around anytime she's like oh but I don't even know what window to throw rocks at and he's like second from the right So she's like, oh, I hope he's meant that literally. So she climbs the tree to the window and like jimmies it open and like lounges attractively in the window seat when he like comes in from his shower and he's just wearing shorts. What is with her and seeing boys abs? She's like, maybe in 500 years, I'll be like, oh, another pair of abs. But for now, they still have some appeal. (laughs) And she's, she notes, like, oh, Rowan's room was so covered in piles of clothes and gross. And Zach's room is always, like, gross as well. But, like, Milo has books and his floor is freshly hoovered and it's well put together. And his screensaver is a fish, not Angelina Jolie. <laughs> He's just so much more mature than those other boys. Yeah, so she's kind of looking around and she's like interesting very big open windows so maybe he isn't a vampire but it's a nice space so he kisses her and he's like oh my god i'm so shocked that you're here and she's like well you did say i could come over anytime he's like haha and he's like kind of moving around and like shuffling papers and stuff and he like closes a trunk that was at the end of his bed and she's like did i just see a pile of wood in there what was that and he was like oh yeah it's a crossbow i i was really into like hunting at a certain point like I got over it. Like new every theory. time, <laughs> every time I move, I pick up new hobbies. And she's like, maybe we should all be taking up new hobbies every now and again. He's like, yeah. 
He's a vampire hunter. As they kiss, Kira like jostles the mouse on his desk and like the screensaver disappears and she notices two pictures of bloody necks on the screen. Okay. And one of them is taxes and the other one is one she doesn't recognize. And he's like, oh God, okay, sorry. Listen, I have to tell you something. First of all, vampires are real. And she's like, what? Vampires are not real. And Where like, did you get this information? And he's like, but don't worry. They're like sharks. They're not as big of a risk as people think they are. Like, honestly, you're perfectly safe. Don't don't freak out about it. It's fine. I wanna... My dad and I are vampire hunters. I am sad that he's a vampire hunter. I'm glad that I called it when yeah. given the clues. Yeah. And also, I still love him, even though he wants to kill our girl Kira, because he's pro-sharks. He's so lovely, and he's so pro-sharks, and he's so nice and concerned. And he does, like, sit her down, and, like, carefully takes her hand, and he's like, it's fine. I just like, need you're to... going to be okay. And, like, we moved here because three years ago, some random guy got killed by what looks like a vampire, and, like... We think these guys striking again, but the teeth marks are different. So we're just looking into it. But there's no risk. I promise you're okay. You're safe. And she's like, that's really great. I'm going to need some time to think about this. And she leaves. <laughs> Does she leave through the front door or out the window? She leaves out the window. And she goes to the graveyard where she lies down on a grave and lets the rain wash over her. Does she be a responsible vampire and go home to her family of vampires and tell them that the boy she went on multiple dates with, his family are vampire hunters. She thinks about it. Milo isn't a very good vampire hunter. And she's like, he's not much of a threat. And so she goes and chills in the graveyard. Irresponsible behavior. Yeah. Protect your family. She's having a difficult night. She did like just find the boy who killed her and then found out the boy that is too kind and sweet to be a murderer is a vampire killer and that just leaves her with the option of daniel yeah so is also very weird so daniel turns up at the graveyard (laughs) damn yes and he just touches her gently on the shoulder and she like bolts upright and he's like wow are you okay and she's like yeah i'm fine he's like you're gonna be freezing out here and he like they walk over to shelter in a mausoleum and she like oh prime opportunity because his fucking shirt is open again because it always fucking is and she like puts her ear against his chest like when he brings her to the mausoleum and like drops her she's like you don't have a heartbeat you're a vampire and he's like yes so I are am, you. <laughs> I am just so glad that she had a moment of clarity where she was like, I can just touch them and see if they have a pulse. Yeah. He's literally like, I thought I thought we were on the same page with this. My family moved to town because we saw some rogue vampire had killed someone. Like <laughs> I thought we all knew what was happening. He's like, you were also investigating the same mystery. And he's like, I did think you were the most likely suspect though. And she's like, but it wasn't me. And let me explain to you how. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We interrupted the person feeding. Um, He heard us approaching and ran away back to your house. Oh, is it Bert? Is that why Bert's been acting weird? She's like, okay, so I've got to, I've got to investigate my family now. And he's like, yeah, there's already hunters moving in. You wouldn't know anything about that. And she's like, no. 
I know nothing of hunters. I've just been kissing him. Yeah. So, um, how old is he? In, like, vampire years as opposed to he is physically 16. We don't know. Okay. She keeps saying things like, he spoke with the smooth tones of a jazz singer. And, like, is this just her way of saying he is a black boy? Because you've already said he looks like Will Smith. So, unnecessary. He's probably from the 20s, I guess. Then, if he's... 1920s jazz illusions. Yeah. Okay. She, when she comes home, she's like investigating all of her family and she's like making sure that Bert and Zach's stories line up. Crystal can, is like really kind of upset and she's like, yeah, Bert was doing the, the blood run thing. And you know, when he came back, like he, he gave me a back massage and we watched a movie, but that was back when he still loved me. And she stormed out of the room crying. Cause it's been five days and he doesn't love her anymore. And Bert is like, our stocks are trending down. I must solve this. This is really weird because Bert is 100% devoted to Crystal. Like, they're very much opposites, but they're very much in love. He would have willingly lost them millions and millions of dollars to make sure Crystal was okay. This is out of character for Bert. Something is wrong. So she's like, I need to figure out who did this. This is getting urgent. And she has to go to school the next day. Because she missed school on Monday. She missed so she can't keep skipping school. It's important so she gets her piece of paper so she doesn't have to keep doing junior high forever. Because she does not want to do that yeah. at all. She does her art class with Milo and he's there and he's sunshiny and he's beautiful. And she's like, I can't lead you on. I have a boyfriend. I, This isn't going to work. And he's like, oh, but I thought we really liked each other. Is this about the vampire killing thing? And she's like, no, it's, that's your thing. That's whatever. But I'm sorry. I love that how she had a ready-made out in that she was like, the vampire stuff is just too much for me. I don't think I can do it. And she, instead she's like, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. Which she doesn't have. So when she comes home from school, she sees a test on the kitchen counter, which is the test that Zach had. He had a take-home pre-calculus test mm-hmm. to do over the weekend. And he got an A plus on it. But he's not good at calc. And she's like, wait a fucking second. And <laughs> she confronts Zach. And she's like, you can mesmerize people. You're like Wilhelm who was able to turn into a bat straight away. You're able to brainwash people. You brainwashed Bert into saying that you were with him. And like, you're, you're destroying his brain. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Bert's always recovered before. And she's like, why have you been brainwashing him? That's so uncool. And he's like, oh, well, he's just very biddable. Like, I'm not strong enough to to get you yet. But, you know, I'm getting stronger every day. And she realizes that every time he's making googly eyes at her. He's trying to mesmerize her. Yeah. And he's like, one of these days I'll be strong enough to, like, convince you that we belong together. He's a sexual predator. He's, yeah. I mean, I felt uncomfortable about him the whole discussion, but that's very, very bad. Bad. (laughs) Yeah. His plan is to brainwash her into loving him. If she is, like, stuck and confined by the rest of the family, like, he'll have more time with her and be able to, like, convince her to go with him. And his mesmerizing will have more time to work. They're having this confrontation near the school. She's like... Why did you kill Tex? And he's like, I told him about being a vampire, but he didn't want to be a vampire. Who would pick 
college over eternal life. And Kira's just like, I would. Like, her other option was just to be a dead person. And she's like, I'll choose to be a vampire. Like, she I didn't want this. Even people who were like, it would be cool to be a vampire, don't think it would be cool to be a 16-year-old vampire. You want to be a 22-year-old vampire. See, Zach's the kind of person who did peak in high school. He was like a jock. He's all like, like rippling muscles. And he's like, Texas like me. We're bros. It would be so cool to have another bro like me around the house. We'd be good friends. And Texas like, no, I want to go to college. I want to live my life on an ongoing basis and not be frozen in time like this. Yeah. So- I also, I want to come take back my 22 because I think 28 to 34 is a better age because you can like age it up and down. I would say 25, but for similar reasons. Yeah. You've got your kind of peak but mental you could- and physical fitness. I would also want to know six months in advance so I could like work out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I needed I, I need advanced knowledge. I'm going to be turned into a vampire. But it'd be nice to know. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Okay. So he's like, I'll kill you right here. And then a voice from behind them is like, or I'll kill you. <gasps> and she's like, for a heart-stopping moment, I thought it was Milo, but then realized it was Daniel. <laughs> and he has a crossbow. And he's like, see, this is what I mean. This is why you have to kill vampires. You get a taste for human blood straight away. Because... They can't go back. And Zach is like, you can't punish me for doing what vampires are meant to do just because you guys are all cowards and don't want to do it. Let me go. And Daniel's like, no. And Olympia turns up and she's like, no. Don't kill him. We will We will in-family deal with him. Yeah, basically. She's like, listen, I completely respect your family are doing important work here, but we're going to try our method because your method is way more permanent. So... We're going to try our one. And if it doesn't work, I mean, you can go back to your family and see what they think. And Daniel's like, I will be doing that. Cool. And then he like kisses Kira and they go their separate ways. And Kira's like, not everything about being a vampire sucks after all. That's the book. And that is the book. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I have questions. Yes. Okay. Do we get any idea if Bert goes back to his old ways? I just want to know that Bert and and Crystal have their love. We only get the presumption that Bert has always been okay before and that even though Kira didn't notice him acting weirdly, like Crystal immediately knew there was something up with him. So presumably knowing that Zach did this, they can okay. They, they can work with it, and Bert does recover from it eventually. It just takes a little while to wear off because what he did was he mesmerized Bert twice in the course of one week because he mesmerized him on Wednesday, blood run, yeah, and then he also mesmerized him on the weekend so that he could get him to do his pre-calc test. Stunning, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful use of supernatural powers. Great job, dude. Great job. Cool. Um, I don't think I have. Any other questions? Yeah. Any other, like, thing to add about the book? Well, I just really loved it. Like, it is well categorized as, like, a beat read. Because even though it's a murder mystery and a supernatural thing, it's just very fun. Like, there is this very fluid, personable through line with Kira's narration where she's, like, she does make dumb jokes and then poke fun at herself for making these dumb jokes. She's definitely dealing with some very heavy things, but she's it's just very lighthearted. I'd say 
it's an amazing book. I would recommend it for anyone who has like a train journey to spend. I I was on a trip to Cork. Cork where uh, Tuesdays are just as bad as that. So it was a three hour bus journey and I just, I read this, got through it in like a day. Highlights is most of it. I actually really enjoyed how boy crazy Kira was because it's just really cute. Yeah. So yeah, it is really nice. Especially because, like, both of us read heavy books quite a lot. Mm-hmm. lot. Um, there is a lot of books in this genre that are a lot lighter than we've read. And this mm-hmm. is probably the lightest one we've I've read done. for the podcast anyway, yeah. Yeah, all of mine have been harrowing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a lighter one myself as well. Yeah. I keep being like, I'm going to do a light one next week, and then, no. Well, no. maybe when we're coming to summer, we'll have our summer reads. <laughs> Like, it's set in October, so it's not a summer read. But it's, like, a lighthearted book. I'd say the low light of it is just that some of the narration gets too much. Where she goes into, like, a few paragraphs describing her outfit and stuff. Yeah, but that's not your style. It's not my style, yeah. It's not really, like, an objective down point of the book. Like, it's the kind of book that it is. Yeah. That makes sense. And any any sidelights? Anything? I'm actually really sad that she didn't get to get with Milo. I feel like Daniel was also a good option, but like Milo and her seemed to have they clicked much more immediately. And there was weird stuff like him being like, maybe we'll be this couple in 80 years. And she'd be like, this is not even officially a first date. You're bringing me to ice cream because you gave me a, a spook and I fell in the pool. Yeah, that is a bit, that is a bit intense. And there's obviously like, he's a real outdoorsy dude and he's into daytime stuff and she's a vampire and also he's a vampire hunter. So, so what you're saying is that there's great material for a second book. Yeah, there really is. I did check and I don't think there is anything else in this world written by Tamara Summers. This is kind of her only book in, of this type. Thank you to Leighton for the recommendation. If anyone else listening would like to recommend us a book, you can find us at Forever YA Pod on Twitter. So that has been Forever Young Adult. Contact us on Twitter if you've got anything you'd like to recommend to us or any responses you'd like to share to this episode. Yeah. We are so hungry for your interaction. Please like, tweet us. We are vampires and your tweets are our blood, blood supply. Blood supply, yes. Every time I get a notification, I'm just like, mmm, happy. Yes. <laughs> blood it's, surge. It's like it's like we're a 16-year-old straight girl and your tweets at us are abs. You guys have a good two weeks. We'll be back again on the 7th. Stay young, stay happy. This has been Forever Young Adult. Bye. Bye. A book podcast where we review books. Here is your wild librarian. These us, where are the lesbians? They're here to answer all of your questions because they're forever young adults. We're gonna cut it, but I said a trunk full of wood, and he's a swimmer, so he wears trunks a lot. <laughs> hey, the outro music has happened, and you're still here. I think you want to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us there at Forever YA Pod. And on Instagram at Forever YA Pod. You can also email us at Forever YA Pod. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, you can contribute to our Patreon, which you can find at Forever YA Pod. 
Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love you. Talk to you in two weeks.